The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Business is a competition. There are winners and losers. There's always someone trying to take your business away. And in business, just like sports, there are players, there are coaches, and there is a scoreboard. Welcome to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Whether you're a manager, executive, business owner, salesperson, or entrepreneur, the Business Locker Room is a show that will create content and conversations that will help you improve your business. Now, let's join your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome back. After a week off from Memorial Day weekend, last Monday, of course, we had a replay show, and I'm sure it was fantastic as it was live, but we are back live today, and I'm so excited about the show. We've got a lot of ground to cover today. I have Tom Ziegler, who will be joining me after the first break. Miles Austin will be along latter part of the show, and we'll be reviewing a fantastic sales tool from 4D Sales, who is, by the way, also a partner in our X's and O's segment that uh, features Miles Austin. Excited about that. The Business Locker Room is a show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use to improve your business today. Whether you're a sales rep, a manager, a business owner, executive, an entrepreneur, or if you just have an interest in things like marketing, social media, business strategy, trust me, the Business Locker Room is a show for you. It is the intersection of collective wisdom and real-world business experience. I think you're going to find it to be helpful in a lot of ways. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. I'm your host, Kelly Riggs. You can find me online on Twitter, at Kelly Riggs, and also certainly on our website, bizlockerroom.com. Send me an email, kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at bizlockerroom. Be happy to hear from you. In fact, we've uh, had a lot of great feedback about the first seven shows that we have done the first two months of the show have been uh, very well received, and I appreciate all the feedback that we get. Had a lot of suggestions for guests, and speaking of guests, boy, do we have a lineup in July and beyond. I'm really excited on the 9th of, or excuse me, in June and then into July, but uh, in June, Kevin Dom will join us. He's the author of a book called Video Marketing for Dummies, and his most recent book is called Roar, Get Heard in the Sales and Marketing Jungle. He'll be, he'll be with us next week. We'll talk marketing and sales as well. Two weeks, uh, a guy that I'm really excited to invite into the locker room. His name is Anthony Inarino, and he is a very, very well-connected guy. Uh, he is in the sales world. He runs a staffing company, sales consultancy. He teaches, and he knows a lot of folks in, in business and in sales, and he'll join us in a couple of weeks. Then the week after that, the 23rd, David Newman, and you, you need to tie yourself down for that show. David Newman's energy is somewhere somewhere north of off the charts. Uh, he runs Do It Marketing, and in the same show, we'll be joined by another sales powerhouse and an author. His name is Jeff Shore, and it just goes and goes and goes. The, the guest lineup continues to improve, and thank you for your feedback, and I hope you'll pass 
the show along to the people that uh, you know so they can listen as well. Lots of great tools that Miles Austin brings us, many that I have begun to use as well. But uh, certainly the guests and the conversations that we have as a result of those guests is absolutely fantastic. Today's show will feature, as I mentioned, Tom Ziegler. And he is, of course, the son of the world-famous Zig Ziegler. We'll be excited to talk to him and talk about what his career looks like and what he's doing to further the Ziegler legacy and the things that are going on there as well. You know, one of the things that I do often is look at the articles that, that pass across my desk read just a tremendous amount of material, certainly in preparation for the show, but just generally uh, for, for the work that I do, and had an article from Fast Company come across the desk the past couple of days uh, written by Art Markman. Uh, he is an author. Uh, he is also a, a UT, University of Texas, uh, professor in psychology and marketing. He wrote a book called Smart Thinking and Habits of Leadership, and his most re- recent book was released in January 2014 called Smart Change. And I was reading an article of his that touched a nerve, the subtle ways that companies inadvertently undermine their employees' trust. And I just, I find that, that particular subject to be compelling because so much of what happens in organizations happens faster or slower, or happens more effectively or less effectively as a result of the trust that occurs inside of an organization. He writes, quote, most of the time we underestimate the influence that the environment, he's talking about the working environment, has on our behavior. The daily routines of our lives are driven by the way our world is structured. We eat the food that's in our refrigerator. We walk on the paved paths. We check our email because the program is up on our computer, and we do all of that without thinking. Well, the environment also shapes our moods and attitudes, and he's talking about the environment within the work context. There's a tendency for people to be in a better mood on sunny days and so forth, and then he gets into the work environment. Open office environments create anxiety because people have difficulty shutting out the conversations going on around them and so forth. Then he goes on to say this, quote, the environment also influences trust. Think about the many minor inconveniences that an organization can place on employees, doors that need security access, copy paper that must be signed out from a locked cabinet, office supplies that are given out only by request. Boy, do you want to work at that place? Do you want to work in that company? As a matter of fact, I think it would be a fun exercise just to hear from listeners about the minor inconveniences inconveniences rather that your company imposes upon you it causes you to lose trust or, or to feel as though you're not trusted. If you have something like that, send it along to me, Kelly at bizlockerroom.com. He says, why does this matter? He goes on, the quote is, the flow of information in an organization is criti- critical for its success. There are two types of information that need to flow freely and both can be inhibited by an environment that signals mistrust. First, Innovative ideas often happen when people bring knowledge from one area of their expertise to bear on a problem that seems different on the surface. In companies, this can also happen when people across silos talk to each other and discover there's an interesting connection between their projects. Consequently, an environment of mistrust can stifle innovation. You know, frankly, what organization doesn't understand that? What what organization doesn't intuitively understand that the interpersonal connections between people and the amount of trust that exists in those interpersonal relationships impact the performance in a business. I mean, I'm not suggesting that people don't think about it. 
because clearly they do not. But there is so much that happens in an organization that could happen more effectively, more efficiently, faster if people simply trusted each other. And it is those small interpersonal relationships, those things that happen interpersonally that create the challenges that organizations face in this regard. He goes on, quote, second, it is often the case that potential problems are more evident to low-level employees before upper-level management becomes aware of them. For example, there might be trouble with a factory procedure, difficulties with a product on the sales floors, sales floor, and so forth. In an environment with low, low trust, these issues are less likely to be brought to the attention of supervisors and managers. As a result, small problems can become big ones, unquote. Who of us, who among us have, have not witnessed that over and over and over again? And yet, so many times, those things go unaddressed, all, almost as though perhaps they're not able to be addressed. It's like the pervasive problem inside of organizations with regard to communication. Everyone will readily accept and admit that we have challenges with communication, and, and yet, when you ask people, what are you doing to fix those problems, they'll look at you like you've lost your mind. I mean, it's, it's just a given. Every company has communication problems. There's no way around that. I, I suspect in some ways that trust me may be a lot like that. In, in, uh, I believe it's in August. I'll have Charles Green on the show to join me. And Charles is a guy who's been around quite a while. He has a, a company called the Trusted Advisor Associates, and he writes the Trust Matters blog. And earlier this year in February, he wrote an article called, in fact, it was a two-part series called Building the Trust-Based Organization. And it is worthy of your time to go read. Uh, find him at Trust Matters blog or, or just Google him at Charles Green, the Trusted Advisor. Uh, th- this article is pretty fascinating, and I love reading his stuff. He's very, very good. He co-wrote a book with Charles Maester called the Trusted Advisor, or excuse me, David Maester with the trust uh, called the Trusted Advisor, uh, and we will have him on to talk about trust in the workplace and what impact that it has and how you go about doing those things. And one of the things he wrote in the second part of this article was that managing a value-based organization will center around keeping the values vibrant, and this is pointedly not done mainly through compensation and reward systems or corporate communication plans or reputation management programs. Instead, it's done through the ways in which human beings have always influenced other human beings in relationships. And then he goes on to name some of those. Leading by example, quote, trustworthy leaders show the way to their followers by their actions, not just their words. Is there any more visible way that organizational trust falls apart is when leaders ask employees to do one thing and do something completely different for themselves or suggest that we should follow a certain path and then take another path on their own. Another one he mentions is risk-taking. Trusting others encourages them to be trustworthy and in turn to themselves trust others. But in so many organizations, we, we have a risk aversion, especially with regards to employees. And, and on and on it goes. This is, this is a subject that bears... Uh, more than one show, I suspect, but I'm looking forward to having Charles Green in the business locker room in August, and we'll talk more about trust. And I'm sure that you have a number of stories, if you're listening to this live or on podcast, a number of stories 
relating to trust in your organization, how it's diminished by the way people conduct themselves, so particularly leaders. So I'd be interested to hear from you in that regard. We're going to, we're going to pursue that quite a bit. Um, and it's a perfect segue, by the way, to talk uh, to Tom Ziegler in our next segment, uh, because certainly Zig Ziegler spent a lot of time talking about leadership and trust in organizations. And, and Tom's work is to fulfill and sustain the legacy of his very famous father, Zig Ziglar. So we'll, we'll engage him in that particular topic as well. Much more to come here in the business locker room. We've got to take our first time out. And when we come back on the other side, we'll have the opportunity to talk firsthand to Tom Ziegler. And uh, in particular, uh, it's my understanding that we're going to spend some time talking about zombies. So you'll want to stick around. I'm Kelly Riggs. You're listening to the Business Locker Room on Voice America. Stay with us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. the business locker room i'm your host kelly riggs hey find me online at twitter at kelly riggs and of course you can always keep up with the show and our blog and the things that are going on in the business locker room at bizlockerroom.com the business locker room show the fusion of collective wisdom and real world business experience and i'm really excited to welcome into the locker room tom ziggler tom is the ceo of ziggler inc he joined the corporation way back in 1987 and has done everything in the company. In 96, he was actually appointed as the president of the company, and his entire mission is to sustain his dad's legacy, and we want to talk a lot about uh, his dad as well, but make sure you look at Tom online. You can find him at Tom Ziegler on Twitter. You can go to Ziegler.com, and they have a couple of Facebook pages as well. They're just fantastic. Facebook.com front slash Tom Ziegler fan page. He has a measly 57,000 likes on that page, but as, as large as that following is, it pales in comparison to Facebook.com front, sa- front slash Zig Ziglar with 1.6 million likes. That's, that's pretty amazing. Tom, welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Oh, I tell you what, uh, I, so many people that I've talked to in the past week when I've said Tom Ziegler is going to be on the show, you, you, imagine, you can imagine how that conversation goes. Man, I've always uh, been a fan of Zig and always read his books, you know, those kinds of things. And, and, and I named the show today Born to Win based on, on the book that he wrote. And I know that his philosophy was very much centered around that context, that we're all born to win. But Tom, success is not an accident. Well, what does it take to really tap into that potential that we have for success? Well, I tell you, that book, Born to Win, the, the quote that that book is based on says this, you were born to win, but in order to be the winner you were born to be, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and then and only then can you expect to win. So you got to plan, you got to prepare, and you got to expect. So, uh, And it's funny how, you know, it's, Dad had a philosophy. It was the be, do, and have philosophy. First you got to be, and then you do, and then you can have. And our culture has it backwards, right? Because we got the 30-second, the 60-second commercial on TV that says we can have this and we can do that, and no, you know, no matter who you are, right? You know, it's like an instant thing. But you got to be the right kind of person first. So when we talk about success, we talk about building your life on character and integrity, building winning relationships, doing the right things. You got to do that with planning and preparation. And then when you do those things, when you develop those those skills, then you can expect to win. You know, Tom, I know that you travel the country and the world with that message of of becoming character-based institutions and the introduction of character and values and integrity and those those things. But you're right. When you compare to what you see on television and the kinds of scandals that you see in business, how well is that message received when you take it out there? Well, here's the thing. The, The heart leaps when it hears truth. And so... I don't know what the deal is, but so many speakers or authorities or quote-unquote experts, they're kind of afraid to hit it head-on. But I've, right. always, I've always noticed that when you hit it head-on, you know, you can almost see people lean forward in their seat because they know it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And how do they know it's the truth? Because everybody can remember when they were lied to. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's painful when you're lied to. So... What we say is, you know, you speak the truth in love. And what do I mean by love? Is hey, you, you lay it out there, you don't use it as a weapon, you don't use it to, you know, diminish somebody else. You just say, hey, truth is truth. It doesn't really whether you, you know, it doesn't matter if you agree with the law of gravity. Right? It you is. Go, it is what it is. You go test it if you want to. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. It's it's just a law, and the truth is the same way. So when you when you're honest with people, when you keep your word, uh, when you when you do what you say you're going to do, when you lead by example, uh, people respect that. And when you put on a mask or you pretend you're something you're not, people can see right through it. I mean, if anything, our social media driven world with text and and you know Instagram and Twitter and all these different things. People are more perceptive than ever at seeing through fakes. So the people today who are winning are the ones who are transparent, the ones who are themselves 24-7. We're talking with Tom Ziegler, the son of Zig Ziegler, and I always say that not because I want to diminish your role or who you are, but you actually sign your emails and your correspondence as the proud son of Zig Ziegler, and I know that that's just got to be pretty fascinating, the, the 
relationship that you have with your dad and, and knowing that your whole mission in life is to sustain the Ziegler legacy. The, the interesting part about what you said, pl- plan and prepare and expect to win, is expecting doesn't require any effort, Tom. It's the planning and preparation that creates all the angst for people because that's, you know, that's, the, that's the heavy lifting. That's, that's where the real work is. And people come out of college with a degree and there's this expectation that I'm going to have the big house and the big car and the great job and the great salary and all of that. Where have we gone wrong? I mean, wh- where did we get the disconnect? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's some of it is unrealistic expectations. Some of it is people haven't figured out the the equation, which is, you know, when when hard work and and uh, perspiration come together, uh, usually you know results pay off. So they haven't done the work and the planning and the preparing. Uh, but you know, I also think we've got to we've got to plan how to expect to win. And I'll give you an example since this is the locker room and and uh, I had play a little golf in the day. Uh, one of my friends is a sports psychologist, and he was working with a tour player, a great tour player. And this guy was one of those guys who had the game, uh, but when he would get under pressure, and he had that four-foot putt that he needed to make, uh, he had a very difficult time making it. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, every, mm-hmm. we've all been there, right? It, it's sure. a business correlation, too. You know, we get the deal right up to the edge, and then all of a sudden... We start panicking, or we we start self sabotaging, or whatever it is. Sure. And so he asked him. He said, "Now let me ask you a question. You know, how many balls have you hit? How many hours have you spent on the putting green?" And he, you know, it was thousands. He said, "Okay, so we've got the preparation down." He said, "Now, when you go into the week, how do you plan the week?" And he said, "Well, you know, I walk the course with my caddy, and I strategize every shot." Uh, you know, I, I'm 100% focused on the shot I'm about to take, and I don't really anticipate the next shot until after I've hit the one I'm focused on. You know, and I've you know I've got my game plan. He says, "Okay, so you've planned and you prepared." He says, "Why can't you expect to make that putt?" And he goes, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, you have all this fear that pops up into your head." He he said, "Let me ask you a question. If you miss the putt." Um, is your wife still going to love you? Yeah. What about your kids? Oh, yeah. What about your close family? Oh, yeah. What about your close friends? Yeah, they're going to love me. So what are you worried about? So the guy goes out and wins soon after that. Right. Right. And so sure. what we've got to do is, in expecting to win, we've got to realize that when we put in the the planning and the preparation, we've done all the hard work. We look at the things that really matter to us, and our result from whatever our best effort is. Those people are going to be good with it because they know, you know we I, gave it. They know we gave it our all. Yeah, you know, I and I and I see the correlation immediately because so many times in our lives, you know, we worry about what the results are going to be. And fr- frankly, if you've if you've worked at it, if you've prepared, if you've got a good plan, then it's just natural to expect that you're going to win. If you've already accepted the worst that can happen, then you can move confidently into the next phase and and expect to win. And more often than not, you're going to. Uh, it it really requires a, a significant adjustment in the way you see things, Tom. And I, I mean, it sounds easy when we talk about it on the radio or read it in one of your dad's books. How, how do you how do you put that into practice in a very real way? <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't know if this is how you put it into practice, but, you know, people ask me, what was dad's secret? How was he so powerful from the stage? 
Right. I mean, I mean, what was what was his source of power from the stage? I mean, let's think about it for a second. Well, this is what I think it was because I studied it. Uh, you know, I was trying to figure out what made him different. There's so many amazing speakers out there, but so few that people hear and then go take action on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got notebooks full of notes from inspiring presenters that I never took action on. You know, why is that? But why is it that when Dad said stuff, people took action? Well, here was here's what I think it was. Uh, I did a word study, and the word study was real simple. From God's perspective, what quality should we have? You know, not the qualities that people think we should have, but what would the quality that God would think we should have? And, of course, there's a bunch of them. There's love and humility and obedience, and those are all fantastic. But it came down to this one word, and this word was called is brokenness. And from a spiritual perspective, somebody who's broken, it doesn't mean they're broken or useless. It means that they realize that there's nothing they can do of eternal significance without God's help. So a broken person only has two responsibilities. One is to have a vibrant relationship with God. And number two is to speak the truth with love. And so when Dad took the stage, when he went on to the game, you know, and it was the big game and there were 20,000 people in the room, and he was ready to perform, he didn't go out there trying to make the front row happy. He didn't go out there trying to make the the people in the back of the room laugh. He didn't even go out there to make the person who was paying the paycheck happy. He went out there saying, you know what, I'm going to make my Heavenly Father happy, and I'm going to speak the truth in love. And he did. And so because of that, he was fearless. I mean, there was nothing that got held back. And when you're broken, you understand this. And when you, you understand that when you speak the truth and love, what people do with it, that's totally up to them. Sure. Right? It's not right. your responsibility how they react or respond to it. So he'd come off the stage, and his, his, you know, his grading scale was this. Did I prepare? Did I plan? Did I give it 100%? And did I meet those two commitments? And then the rest was up to whatever, however people received the word. And that's how lives were changed, because they knew he was genuine. They knew he was transparent. They knew that he cared about them and wanted them to win. And it's really interesting when you talk about that, because we know that the business world is clamoring for transparency and authentic leadership and those things, the the words that we use that we know have a basis in something deeper than, than just, you know, the superficial, that there's a spiritual component there. But when you begin to talk about it from a God perspective or a scripture perspective, you have people get nervous because suddenly you're, you know, you're breaching that, uh, that, that zone of protection, you know, where we isolate, uh, you know, uh, God and, you know, and business, you know, those things can't coexist. And yet I know that in your dad's experience and certainly in yours, having talked to you that, that people are very much receptive to those ideas because it, it's not a fad. It's, it, it's an eternal truth. Right. And I tell you what, I have a built-in advantage. Everywhere I go, I get to speak to my brothers and sisters because they all grew up listening to Dad, right? So that's a big right. advantage. And then for those who just admire Dad because he was very successful, I ask him a question. I say, do you want to know 60% of the reason that Zig Ziglar said he was successful, or do you want to know 100% of the reason that Zig Ziglar said he was successful? And they all say 100%. So I might as well share all of it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
and, and, and he and you know he was amazing because uh, people that that know him and know your family know that uh, he, you know he when he was home he weekly he was t- teaching an adult Bible class. Uh, yeah. Right there in your area. So, very exciting stuff. Well, we're going to come back. We got to take a time out. A very short one. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to talk to Tom, as I mentioned earlier. We're going to talk about zombies. So, you want to stick around and hear what that conversation is about. You're listening to the Business Locker Room. I'm your host, Kelly Riggs. We'll be right back on the other side. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. talking with Tom Ziegler, and uh, we've had a fantastic conversation thus far, and I'm, I'm excited about what's on the other side. Make sure you find Tom at Tom Ziegler. You want to follow him on Twitter, and you want to jump on Facebook and look at two places, facebook.com slash Zig Ziegler, and also slash Tom Ziegler fan page, and you can keep up with Tom and his world-famous father as well. We, we talked a little bit uh, in, in the break there about success in the business world. What, what is the biggest challenge, Tom, that is facing business today? Uh, with a straight face when I'm on stage, because it's the truth, and that is the biggest challenge facing American business today is zombies. Okay, you're going to have to help us with that one. Yeah, <laughs> and I always have a slide up, and it's a picture of a goofy-looking zombie. Right. So let's, let's define what a zombie is. A zombie is some, you know, when I yell it out, what's the definition of a zombie, right? Because there's been TV shows made about zombies. They're on the news, late-night programs. I mean, they're everywhere, movies. Sure. When I ask the group, what's a zombie, they always reply, the walking dead. Right? That's a zombie, the walking dead. Absolutely. Okay. So in the business world, we have a more technical term. We call it somebody who's disengaged. Somebody who's disengaged, 52% of employees in the business world are disengaged. What's, it, what's the characteristics of a zombie or a disengaged person? They don't care. They fly under the radar. 
They go to meetings hoping nobody will point them out. They don't volunteer. They get there a little late. They leave a little early. They're on Facebook. They're texting. They're doing only enough to get by. Their whole goal in life is to slide through. They're like a pinball in a pinball machine. You know, maybe they wanted that job. Most likely they just got what they could get, right? So that is a zombie. So if 52% are are disengaged, there's another 18% of the population that is actively disengaged. And this is by Gallup Poll. So you can look these up. You can Google Gallup Poll engagement. You can find the study. Actively disengaged means that they're poisoning the well. Leadership says one thing, they do something else, right? They're, they're, They're undermining authority. They're doing whatever they can to stir the pot. So that means that 70%, 7 out of 10 employees today are either disengaged or actively disengaged. And so then you go and you look at, okay, what's the, what's the studies been done on profitability and performance when you have a disengaged person? And it's crazy. You get 65% increased turnover in a disengaged group of people in a, in a high turnover operation, 25% increased turnover in a low turnover uh, operation. It costs one and a half times the salary on average to replace somebody. So we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars lost because of zombies. And so the question is, do we hire zombies or do we create them? Right? If you're a business owner, if you're an executive, if, if you're trying to manage the bottom line, well, do we hire these people or do we create them? And the answer is both. And right. So how do you know? Some we hire, some we create. How do we create them? We treat them like a number. We treat them like they're replaceable. We treat them like we don't care. So what do you do to fix this? How can you overcome this? What are you know? What is the steps that leadership can take to reverse this trend? And I have you know the the presentation I have has all the statistics in it and why it's valuable and how much money you'll make if you don't have zombies working for you. I mean it's. It's like a no-brainer. It's one of those things. So what is the zombie cure? And it's a real simple one. And Dad is the master of quotes, as you know. Mm-hmm. And you've probably heard this quote, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Sure. That's an old quote. That's not a Zig Ziglar quote. But he added two words to the end of that quote that made it his. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care about them. So the secret to engagement, the secret to getting the zombies out of your building is to show them that you care personally about them. Hey, what did your kids do on vacation? Where are you going next year for your trip? You know, how's your wife doing? How's your husband doing? And then the big question, you know, what's your dream? Where do you want to be in five years? And I can't tell you how many audiences I've been in front of where I asked the leadership, I said, think back in your time to a manager or someone who had a huge impact in your life. Did they care more about the task you were doing today? Or did they care more about where you wanted to be five years from now? And they all kind of smile because the people who have an impact in your life are the ones you care about where you want to go in five years, what you want to make out of your life. And because they care about that, the performance in the today goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. 
right? So the, the zombie, the, the problem in America is we got people who don't care. And why is that? Well, zombies don't care because they don't know how to dream. Because if I have a dream, I care. Sure. And, well, right? Well, e- even more important than that, many in many places they work, Tom, their dreams are suppressed. I mean, they're not even asked to dream. And so the best story I have is a Lou Holtz story, Coach Holtz. This is, this is fantastic because it has to do with dream alignment. Coach Holtz had just won the national championship. A reporter said, Coach, isn't it awful that you're losing your offensive and your defensive coordinator again this year? Isn't it so hard to rebuild? And Coach Holtz looked at the reporter and said, no, it's the biggest blessing I have. And the reporter was stunned. He said, what do you mean? I mean, if you're a business leader, it's like losing your, your VP of sales and your VP of operations at the same time after a record year, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And he said, that's the biggest blessing. He said, in the, in the football world, I'm known as the head coach that creates head coaches. Every top assistant in the country, every head coach of small schools in the country, they want to work for me. And so as I recruit, I have thousands of resumes to go through. I get the pick of the litter. I can bring the best people in the country onto my staff. And when they get here, we have a real simple agreement. I tell them, you help me win the national championship, and I'll help you get the head coaching job of your dream. Wow. And so, and so suddenly the person's personal dream gets connected to the vision of the corporate dream, Right. The corporate dream in that case is we're going to win the national championship. The person's vision for their own life is to become a head coach at a big school. Well, guess what happens? These new coaches come on board, and if you know anything about coaching, they were recruiting at the previous school they were with, and they would end up bringing their star athletes with them, people that Coach Holtz didn't know anything about. Sure. You see, when you recruit top people based on helping them achieve their dreams – they bring all their dream buddies with them, the people who have the same aspirations. So you grow. So if you're a leader in an organization and you want to totally revolutionize the way your business goes, first is you care about the people personally, about them. Second is you understand on a personal level what their dreams are. It could be to get out of debt. It could be a three-week vacation to Tahiti. It could be to move their new new spouse into that into that first home. Mm-hmm. Well, if you help that person achieve that dream, and it doesn't mean you give them money. It means you might give them a Dave Ramsey book on how to get out of debt, or you introduce them to a banker who can help them get a loan. or You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Right? So you help them achieve that dream. Now, when you help somebody achieve a dream, how does the relationship change between you and them? Dramatically. Dramatic. And guess what? I've noticed this. Every dream that I've ever seen takes time and money to get there, right? Yes. And here's the coolest thing. The better I do in my job today, the faster I achieve my dream. So you get a whole team of people coming to work for a dream instead of a paycheck, and all of a sudden your company will explode. Yes. Uh, You know, it's amazing. We come full circle. I opened the show today with an article out of Fast Company magazine called... 
the subtle ways that companies inadvertently undermine their employees' trust. And, and I would suggest that's not a not-so-subtle way. You know, if you don't have an interest, a real genuine empathy for the people that work for you, I don't think you qualify as a leader, Tom. But at the same time, you're, you're undermining the trust they have and creating that zombie that, that you're talking about. People immediately disengage if they don't have any vested interest uh, from the person they work for. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I, really dramatic. I mean, when you look at the statistics, the visual I give is I have a bicycle, and the bicycle has 10 seats on it. And you got three people out of 10 engaged, so you got three people pedaling like crazy. Then you got five people disengaged, so these are the ones, their hands are behind their head, and they're just, their feet are on the pedal, but they're not pushing. And then the last, then the last uh, two people at the back of the bike, they're actively disengaged. Their feet are dragging. Their hands are on the brakes. They're deploying parachutes. <laughs> that's that's the average business. Yes, that's what uh, that's what escapes a lot. That's average. Can you imagine what the below average looks like? But that's know. that's that's the average across the industry. Well, fantastic conversation. If you've been listening, this is Tom Ziegler. Of course, you find him at Ziegler.com and on Facebook. Dot com at Tom Ziegler fan page. Just a fascinating glimpse, Tom, into what you do and the messages you take uh, to business on a regular basis. And I know in doing that, uh, you're doing a fantastic job of sustaining your dad's legacy. What what kind of response do you get around the world from, from people uh, with regards to your dad? I mean, I know they all know him and, and they love him, but uh, share a story, if you will, about uh, something special that you've gotten as a result of that. Oh, I tell you what, it's it's overwhelming. I'll I'll be getting ready to speak, and somebody will just come and pray for me. Uh, you know, just to to carry Dad's torch. Uh, you know, and and the cool thing is, is Dad never put any pressure on me to be him. He he always said, whatever you do, do it with a hundred percent integrity and a hundred percent effort. So that gave me the freedom to be me, to do whatever I do the way I do it. Uh, but at the same time, a great responsibility to live up to the principles and values for which we stand, right? Because those sure. are those are truth. They they last forever. I mean, they are eternal. So I have you know so many stories of people just just coming up and hugging me, and and that's an inspiration when you get a walk in those footsteps. And the thing that's really carrying me forward now is uh, we have the. The, the you know I don't know if you've noticed but people need hope and encouragement more than ever. Sure. <laughs> I mean that's just the way of the world. So we actually have a bigger opportunity today as an organization than we've ever had, and because of that and realizing we need help, we have recently started our Ziegler Legacy Certification Program, where we're certifying speakers and trainers to carry and teach our programs around the world. So just in the last few months, we've opened up in China and in Latvia and all over Australia, Singapore, these different countries are coming in and they're getting certified to teach our programs. So we are taking dad's message and making it easy for people to communicate in, in every different area. So I'm blessed to be able to, to carry it on, but even more importantly, equip others to carry it on. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic because I think you said it exactly right. You don't have to be your dad, but you can be who your dad was in the sense of replicating his character and those timeless truths. And certainly you can spread that around. I don't think anybody is ever going to be uh, the guy from Yazoo, Mississippi. 
I know. Uh, it, no, <laughs> nobody's going to be that guy, but certainly you can take what he taught and you can do it justice. Tom, it's been a pleasure, real honor to have you on board here in the uh, business locker room. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Kelly. Absolutely fantastic. Hey, we're going to take our final time out. We're going to come back and we'll uh, be joined by Miles Austin. We're going to talk about 4D sales and the incredibly cool tool that they have for salespeople. You want to stick around for that. Stay with me. I'm Kelly Riggs and you're listening to the Business Locker Room. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. to have you on board with us man i gotta tell you that was i'm still taking notes from my conversation with tom ziegler make sure you check him out if you're not following on twitter you need to do that at tom ziegler find him at ziegler.com and the facebook.com pages as well just just a fantastic interview and one that i'm sure we're going to be referencing in in the future hey this segment is the x's and o's segment where we talk real world tools for people in the business world and uh, that is brought to you by the way by the people whose tool we're going to review today. 40 sales conceived back in 2012 uh, by three guys who have over 80 years of sales and sales management experience. And they decided to take this this uh, technology that we're blessed with and leverage it into a tablet-based sales tool that's available in iPad and Windows 8 devices. And it really helps salespeople present information in a much more visually appealing way, a much more compelling way. And uh, I've become a fan. I'm a user, and of course, we like to partner with people that we believe in. Having been in the sales and marketing business for three decades, I can tell you it's an easy-to-use tool, and it's going to bring all of your presentation materials together in one place. And we're going to talk at length about the 4D sales tool with uh, Miles Austin, and he is the tool guru. Miles, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me this morning, this afternoon, wherever you are in this part of the world. Yes, and uh, great to have you on board. A week off for Memorial Day. I trust it was a good week for you. It was fantastic. You know, I've got grandkids, Kelly, and I got to tell you, uh, the Lord gave me a gift with those little two little boys, and uh, they're just a treasure. 
You know, I like to think that uh, salespeople of all ages, business people of all ages are listening to us, but, you know, we get too far down the path of talking about grandkids, we're going to lose audience. (laughs) (laughs) No, people can't understand it until they actually have a grandchild, and we've been blessed with our first as well. Well, let's talk 4D sales. This is a tool that I think really has the potential, Miles, to revolutionize the way people do sales calls. Uh, tell, Tell us a little bit more about it. Well, it really can. In fact, Kelly, I was introduced to the team at 40 Sales through you and through the show. So uh, thank you for that because it's now a a very important part of my arsenal and the the coaching and the training and the things we write about. The the core base of this gang is is 40 Sales um, will be a critical part of your tool bag if your team, your company has made the decision to go start to leverage the power and the capability of some kind of a tablet, whether it's an iPad or a Windows Surface tablet today. Right. Yeah, there's, you know, the old days, Miles, you and I would carry around a notebook and it would, uh, you know, a briefcase and we would have a lot of paper-based materials, collateral materials. We would have price lists and uh, brochures and catalog sheets and every other thing in the world. And trying to organize that was hard enough. And it's even more difficult today just by the sheer size and immensity of what salespeople can possibly be carrying around. But all of that sort of falls by the wayside when you can collect it and organize it on a tablet device of some type. Of course. I mean, what's really nice, I can't, I, I can't tell you, I'm sure Kelly have had the same experience. I was so proud in a sales call just a few years ago to pull out our newest, glossiest brochure on our new product or our new offering. And I realized after the fact that it's already outdated by a month and uh, there's no way to update it. So you literally had to go through on a regular basis and sort through that briefcase or uh, check all your PowerPoint slides and everything else. Whereas today in a tablet-enabled Salesforce, you have the ability to walk in with whichever size you've chosen, whether they're minis or normal full-size tablets, and everything that would have any possible capability of coming up on a sales call is now right there online, live, in a very, very attractive display. Yeah, and if you're a sales manager or a business owner and you're listening to this, a VP of sales, one of the things you have to recognize is that salespeople come in a variety of, of abilities and motivations. And some people just don't seem to be quite as organized, Miles, as others. And, and you never know if they have the latest price list or the latest brochure or if the slide deck's been updated. One of the things that this allows companies to do is to control the material that is available to their salespeople through a server-based application so you can make sure everything is absolutely up-to-date, latest uh, derivative of whatever brochure you're looking at, the videos, the web pages, the slide decks, all of those things, and they are interleaved collectively. It's not like you go from one app to the next. You can go from a website to a PDF to a video to a slide deck seamlessly. I mean, this is, this is really a powerful piece of software. Well, it is, Kelly. And, and think about this. I, at least for me, one of the things that I've seen um, dramatically different now versus um, maybe even two years ago, and, and I'd, love, I'd love your thought on this. What do you think, and this is a, a, from two different organizations, what is the average sales appointment size? How many people are in that average typical sales uh, appointment? Uh, if, I, if I had to guess, I would say it, it probably hovers around three people. Yeah, it, it actually is a little bit under three. 
on an average, at least according to these two surveys, were between 2.4 and 2.55. So I, and I grabbed that to think, okay, I've been in many of those meetings when I had the 0.55 guy or gal that happened <laughs> to be the decision maker. But right. back to my point, here's what's really different. And it's one of the first things, if you're new to tablet sales and using a tool like 40 Sales, what they've given you is a much more intimate experience. I mean, if you think about it, when you walk in and you're going to meet, a lot of times it's just you and the client, you and the buyer, right? And the ability to go fire up your laptop or dig through your briefcase, usually it's been laptops over the last few years, right? Our notebooks are what became the presentation tool. Well, what happens is that's kind of a cumbersome piece. And very frankly, how do you present when you've got a buyer on one side of the desk and you're on the other and you want to show them some neat stuff? It's always an awkward dance, Right. Yes. And so with a tablet, it literally, and it's one of the first things you'll find if you'll be new to tablets and tablet environments, it eliminates immediately that flip-up screen barrier between you and your customer or your client. It's gone. And what I found is, and it was whether I'm meeting with them in their office, in a conference room, or even at a local coffee shop, all of a sudden, I come around to their side of the table or desk, or they come around to mine, and we're sitting side by side. What a difference in the dynamics of that relationship and that communication session. Absolutely right. right? And, and, and then the thing about the particular tool is, is sh- sh- you know, I can hear people saying, well, Kelly, I can, I can ha- make those things available. I put it, I load it on their uh, laptop or I, you know, even in a application like this one, we can put it in the cloud and this and that. The challenge is, is you have to go find those things individually. You have to wonder if they're current with this tool. You just pull up the tool. And everything is there right in front of you. It, it's so user friendly and intuitive. Miles, that I found it to be remarkable to work with. It is. And what's nice is a few of the key features I found from working with the guys. First of all, it's a great group of folks. Their technical capability, their design capability, their willingness to help you set it up. But on my screen, as an example, I've got six beautiful icons that are color coordinated with my logo, etc., for branding. I've got web tools, books, presentations, videos, clients. And what happens is I literally hand my iPad to my customer, to my client, or to my prospect. And I literally, when they ask a question, I'll hand it to them and say, why don't you tap the presentations icon? And I've already preloaded. If I've done my homework, I already know pretty much what I want to drive and the communication we want to have. And they touch, they do it. I'm no longer driving the presentation. And I'm serious. You watch their eyes light up. They now have the iPad. They touch it. And now they're flipping as we're talking through your actual PowerPoint slides. It is very powerful. Or maybe it's a contract. Maybe it's an agreement. Maybe there's some addendums you're working through. Maybe it's an org chart. Doesn't matter. Anything that is available online or you have a document available to you in your company can now be organized in a very professional, easy, one-touch access way through the tool that 40 Sales provides to you. It's really, an, I'm telling you, it's beautiful looking, which is really key to be successful in a tablet app. It's all in one screen. It's all in one environment. You're not fumbling around and having to find where it is or go type in on that little keyboard to type in a new URL. It's all there, pre-linked, pre-done, set up for you to drive it. 
Folks, we're talking about the 4D sales tool, and you want to pursue them at 4dsales.com. Make sure you use the business locker room as a reference because they're going to pay special attention to you uh, when you do that. But we're talking about a lot of things. And the last point that kind of goes in that whole piece, Miles, is that someone is looking at a price list or a brochure or even a, a PowerPoint slide or something you've prepared, and they say, boy, you know, I'd like to have that. It's one touch. Email it to them immediately. It makes you look so much more prepared, so much more credible, and the responsiveness from salespeople, which we know is absolutely critical in building a relationship, is is highly improved in this environment. It absolutely is. I tell you, as I said, and I remember, I do this a lot every day. I've got I, I've done entire half day workshops on um, enabling a sales team for iPads or, or for tablets, but primarily iPads in my practice. And I got to tell you, this one literally combines the best practices of all of my web presentation capabilities, of my collateral, my marketing collateral, my website, the ability to drill down in with the touch of my finger, not having to type anything in. It, it is just a phenomenally well thought out tool. The thing that became very clear to me, this was the tool designed by salespeople who have been salespeople and understand the day-to-day challenges that we all face. Yeah, that's great stuff, Miles. Hey, we're going to have to call it a show. It's been a great one. You can find more about this tool at 4dsales.com or come online at bizlockerroom.com and make sure you check it out. As always, you can find Miles at fillthefunnel.com. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks to Tom Ziegler for joining us. Quite an honor. And Miles Austin, as always, for the X's No segment. And special thanks to 4D Sales. That's going to do it. We'll see you next week in the Business Locker Room. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business-building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of the Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Play to win.